I think that we are all meant to engage with each other and be diverse in understanding faith. I don't think each organization has the absolute truth. And I think if you go into these organizations with that mentality, you won't end up leaving hurt. That takes time to process, okay? Because I admit, we all want to be in community where we can align ourselves 100% with everything there. But the truth is, honestly, I don't think that exists wherever you go. So remove those expectations that you're going to agree with everything. Because when you walk in with those expectations, I think that you're setting yourself up to, to, to be hurt and to be let down and go in with this expectation. We will disagree. Mm. But community is so important. Engage with that community. Whatever that community is, whether it's in the Christian circle, the universalist circle, the Muslim circle, engage in the community. Find a place to where you feel like you can belong and stick to that community and grow with that community, even when you disagree. Welcome to Everything is Spiritual, a podcast from Soul Care Urban Retreat Center. We're talking with local folks, faith leaders, creatives, thinkers, and community advocates, getting personal about their faith and spirituality and how it shows up in their daily life and work. I'm Kelly Skinner, your host, and I'm sharing these heart-centered conversations to invite you to become more aware that everything is spiritual and to deeply connect with what is most true and alive in your own everyday life. Hello, Seekers. In this episode, I get to share my conversation with a new friend, Daniel Guerra. I met him at the beginning of this year and was immediately struck by his open, accepting, and loving way of being, and I just couldn't wait to talk with him again. Daniel's a guy who has always felt called to ministry, and that led him to study at Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas and then be ordained under the Assemblies of God Association. He's pastored and loved church members in three states. Over the years, as he grew in faith development, he felt called to serve and support people who have been hurt by the church. He founded Bridge of Hope, an organization that focuses its ministry on inclusion, acceptance, and belonging. Daniel's a talented musician, a writer, and a real natural in front of the camera. You can find him regularly going live on social media, sharing a passion to love, encourage, and empower people to live their authentic truth. It's real people living real lives in search of real solutions from a real God. So let's dive in. Kelly, how are you? It's amazing seeing you. Thanks for inviting me to the podcast today. Yeah, I'm just so excited about our conversation. I had a chance to kind of briefly meet you at the end of the year last year, and we just had such a great conversation. And so I was really looking forward to be able to share more with our podcast audience about you and your story and and just what you bring to things. So you are originally from Texas, and you've been here in Champaign-Urbana for a few years. So tell me about that journey. How did you get here? You know, after graduating, college, I wanted to locate myself in a place that got cold and had four <laughs> seasons. <laughs> and I found myself 
in the Midwest. I started serving a church in the Midwest in a little community called Sullivan, Illinois, and was there for a few years and then ventured to the Champaign-Urbana area, fell in love with this little community, yet sized community. Um, and I stuck, I stayed. I love this community. That's awesome. It's a great community. Just being a college town, we have so much to offer, but it has definitely a hometown feel. So we get the it best does. of both worlds, right? Yeah. You know, it has high rises, so it makes me feel like I'm in the big city. At the same time, I don't have to worry about that traffic. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. So you're a preacher's kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about that. Tell me about growing up in the church and how you think that experience kind of shaped your belief systems. You know, I was raised, as I like to call it, in rigid, frigid, independent, fundamental Baptist home. Wow, um, that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> my my parents, wonderful. You know, I don't ever want to disrespect or disregard you know, who they are, but they were passionate about really raising us in an extreme godly home, almost to where we were numb to reality. And being raised in religion versus relationship, I always felt like I was kind of pushed in a corner with rules and regulations concerning how we could live our life free. And, you know, my dad continues to practice his extreme religious beliefs and faith. And I ventured out, I think at one point, I mean, I could go deep talking about my story. But, you know, the truth is, I came from an extremely Christian yet broken home, where abuse was rampant, and their faith and religion excused the behaviors that we experienced in my childhood thus kind of giving me a bad taste for religion. And I was at a crossroad at one point in my life where I really had to determine what did faith look like to me? Was it going to look like the way I was raised and where faith would excuse the behaviors that we experienced in an abusive home? Or would I try to live life differently and see God from a different perspective? So I began to venture out and try to discover what that looked like. It's definitely being raised in a Christian home and a pastor's kid has laid a foundation for me, and I'll never disregard that foundation. Hmm. So what would you say, how would you sum up kind of where your spirituality is now? How would you sum that up in you know one or two sentences, and how do you see that playing out? Yeah. You know, Kelly, you know, spirituality to me is love. Spirituality is kindness and grace and extending that to a humanity. Living that out is understanding the value of who someone is, not discrediting them for what they're not. And it's taking pleasure and beauty in the diverse human groups and seeing God in the middle of all that. (laughs) Uh, And it's really trying to discover what that looks like, living that out every day. And again, it's choosing to live love and live kindness. Mm -hmm. So you talked pretty eloquently about your beginnings 
in that rigid Christianity, and you seem like you came have come such a long way to a more loving spiritual belief. What do you think was a pivotal moment for you in making that transition or turning the page from one kind of one brand of belief to a different kind? You know, there was a moment um, whenever I was a kid and there were these um, Latter-day Saints that knocked on my dad's door. And my dad was pretty adamant that his faith was the only truth. And I was always challenged with that mentality that my dad's religion is the only truth. Though I respect his passion for his truth, I question whether or not it's the absolute truth. And when these Latter-day Saints knocked on the door, he basically slammed the door on their face and told them that they weren't welcome on his property. And I mentally made a note to myself that I would never treat people that way. And I remember from that point on in my life, I chose to lean in, to listen and engage to people of all faith, because I think faith is important and looks different to every human group and to every individual. And today I still choose to lean in, to listen and to engage to people in different walks of life because spirituality looks different to everyone. And the more I engage with different Christian organizations or religious or spiritual organizations, the more I realize that Jesus and who he is is very present in each and every one of those faiths. It just looks different. And sometimes it's named different. He is divine. He is beautiful. He is connection. He is hope. And I think um, the more we realize and connect, the more I think we can educate ourselves in understanding the beauty of what spirituality is to each person. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I'm just letting that sit in for sink in for a moment. One of the thoughts that I've had lately is that we use a lot of the same words in describing our spirituality, especially with people that come from um, even within the same, you know, if you want to look at Christianity as a, a pillar of religion with a lot of different denominations and a lot of different belief systems, we use a lot of the same words, but they mean very different to mm -hmm. different people, depending on your philosophy, your teachings, your backgrounds, your lived experiences. One of the words that you use a lot is love, and that's tossed around quite a bit. But you are pretty adamant about using talking and, and preaching and proclaiming about God's unconditional love. And uh, you use this hashtag a lot on your posts, hashtag you are loved. So what does love mean to you? What does that look like? And how, how might that be different from other people who toss around that word? You know, when I think of love, I think of relationship. Relationship and love go hand in hand. I was raised, like I said earlier, in a home with rules and regulations. You can't have rules without relationship. Relationship and rules coexist together, and you learn to love and respect in relationship. To me, love is connection. Again, I was raised with a 
canvas, a picture of God being this domineering, rigid being that was ready to whip us at every mistake that we made. And instead, I have learned and discovered that God looks at us and he says to us, you know, your life is a mess, but it's beautiful and in process. And that's love. Love is connection. God loves us. He desires to connect to us. And he gave us his son to connect, to understand, to relate. And his love was demonstrated through his son sacrificing his own life. And when I think of love, I think of sacrifice. I think of, again, what he did so that he could connect us to this being. And I want to demonstrate that. I I look at the picture of Christ and his demonstration through his life, and I don't see a rigid being. I see a very kind, engaging person. Again, the three words that I use often is lean in, listen, and engage. I think that it's so important that we do that as individuals. And the more we do that, I think the more we can understand and learn to love each other unconditionally. I have people living in my home because my home is open to anyone. doesn't matter who you are, what you are, how you are. You're welcome. You belong. That's love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unpack that for me. You said lean in, listen, and engage. What does that mean? Lean in. Uh, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Choose to listen to the story of a person. Every story matters. Every voice matters. Every story is different. Freedom looks different to everybody. And in the Christian circles, we hear God wants to free you. Well, freedom looks different to everyone. It always costs, but it looks different to everyone. And then educate yourself in the stories that you hear, the stories that you engage in. Try to put yourself in the shoes of someone else. Again, everyone, people have been broken, people have been abused, people have been rejected, people have been marginalized, they've been ridiculed, um, that people experience prejudice. Okay, so what is it like to sit in your corner, to sit through your lens? And I want to learn from you. I want to engage in conversation with you. I want to be educated uh, with this awareness and, and be able to relate in a manner to where We can link arms and we can do life together because ultimately all of us, whether we're in different denominational standpoints or whether we are completely opposites, whether you're atheist, whether you're Christian, I think all of us are designed to link together and connect to some type of divine. And at the end of the day, I think that connection is love. I think everyone wants belonging. Everyone wants connection. Everyone wants to be involved. And in doing so, we're going to have to learn to listen, to lean in and engage to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I like to talk about compassionate bridge building. And I think that's very much so. And really taking that deep breath, ridding your mind of, of all the judgment, all the preconceived notions, and really, really listening. Because I think underneath of it all, no matter what your personal experience is, we all have things that unite us and that you can find areas of commonality, even if you yeah. have a different lived experience. So yeah. I think that's beautiful. So um, 
I'm not I'm not outing you because uh, you're public on your uh, social media page, but you recently wrote about your perspective about being a gay man and a Christian. One of the things I really liked was about how you basically reframed the debate instead of focusing on what the Bible says and the clobber verses and how it could be interpreted. You really did a great job about bringing it back to how Jesus demonstrated love at all costs. And this gave you confidence to accept your identity and your whole human personhood. Can you just talk a little bit about this experience for you and and what that post meant to you and how it was received and and just in general, your take on this? Yeah. Um, first off, thank you for asking that question. It's a very common question because I an advocate for the LGBTQIA community and I'm very passionate about, about the community. I don't often write articles or talk about my own struggles as a gay man being marginalized in the American church um, given living limitations to what I can and can't do based on uh, my identified identity. And so I, I'm passionate about valuing people for who they are, not discrediting them for what they're not. So what I'm going to say isn't to devalue or discredit the Christian organization. I, I value who they are. And, um, and I'm, I'm connected to many Christian organizations. That said, I think I am... I am learning and discovering what it means to voice my pain and voice the hurt that I continue to experience through those limitations given to me based on how I identify. That's why I wrote the post. I receive a lot of messages um, with Christian leaders and friends. I'm asking, where do you stand? How do you back it up biblically? And I'm not trying to have a Bible debate. I don't really have all the answers, Kelly. And I, I, I'm not going to tell you that I know exactly how it all works. Here's what I do know that works, and that's loving people. And again, it goes back to leaning in, listening, and engaging to, to people's story. If I sat down with you and shared my full story with you, we'd both be in tears because I came from a horrific, traumatic uh, Christian childhood, Christian home. I mean, from abuse to rejection, neglection, marginalization, to the point to where my own mom said, I disown you. So how do I, how do I live life believing in this God who says he unconditionally loves you, but yet I'm experiencing from the parents that he gave me rejection? So it's been a lifetime of discovery, of learning, of, of process. And again, my life's been a mess, but it's been a beautiful mess that's continuing to process. And so I take pleasure in that. And that was rooted out of me trying to voice my pain without devaluing the Christian organization and devaluing the Bible, because I believe that it's truth. But I also believe that the Bible has some flaw to it. And so I know that that is a a very extreme statement to make, but it was written by humans and humans are flawed. (laughs) So it's God breathed on his word, 
But again, I don't think it's without error. I think that humans wrote it, so there's misinterpretations. And at the end of the day, Kelly, I want to learn to love and to connect with people, even those that hate on me. Mm-hmm. And so how can I ask the church and people to love me for who I am if I can't love them for where they are? Mm-hmm. And so it's it, it's written by trying to live this example and trying to live based on what I see Jesus do. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm sure that can be challenging because with the pain and hurt and extending that olive branch to love is is an amazing view. So I commend you on that. You know, love is hard, Kelly. It's not easy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. It, so, it, it's a choice. It's a choice to make to love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not just a choice, but it's a continual action. You can't 100%. just say it. You have to actually live it. And you have to ongoing. It's an It's an ongoing choice. It's not just yeah. a one-time choice. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say to other people who you who you come in contact with, who you are in relationship with, who have been hurt by the church or feel that they've been turned away because of their identity? And it doesn't just need to be people who identify as um, on the LB, LBGTQ plus spectrum, but maybe people who are women identify as women, people who maybe because of the color of their skin, because of their socioeconomic status, because they ask questions or have doubts. What do you say to those people who have been turned away? I say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that love wasn't demonstrated. I'm so sorry that you were marginalized against. I'm so sorry that you've experienced prejudice. I'm so sorry that you've experienced those limitations not every organization is the same. There are organizations out there that will receive you, that will love you, that will honor you. And this isn't the end. This isn't the end of your journey. This isn't the end of your story. You can continue to try to engage and find the place to belong. And I want to help you find that place to belong. I want to help you process through that pain. I want to help walk you out of that pain and, and help you become stronger. I think the pain and experiences that we experience, those of us that have been marginalized against, I think that that pain truly, if we process it, can make us strong individuals, people who can give hope. And I believe that every voice is a voice of hope. Every story is a story of hope. And I want to help you dive into that story. I want to help you heal. And again, all I can say to you I have no words, but I am so very sorry that you've been you've experienced that type of rejection from Christianity, from people who claim to walk in the love of God. That wasn't God. That isn't an action of God. His God is love. God is arms open wide. God is acceptance. God is affirmation. And through that affirmation, he looks at you and says, you are beautifully divine. I want you to see yourself as divine. Mm, that's lovely. And we all have the divine inside of us. Um, oh, yes. And that's where we need to, that's where we have the opportunity to, if we are listening and leaning in and engaging, maybe we can connect with that divine inside mm-hmm. of the other people 
and see it and connect with it and and know it that it's part of us too um so i'm often asked by people in this area you know in in east central illinois who struggle to find a church that really aligns with their religious values and beliefs but is also truly accepting and affirming for all do you have any advice or or any way any place that you could point them where they could kind of try to find some or look for some new avenues for finding a church community? Sure. You know, I, I'm wanting to launch an organization that I launched back in Texas called Bridge of Hope. And it's an organization that really, it's a place for people to belong of all faiths. It's, it's interfaith all people can connect, whether you're Christian or whether you're not. But I think that there are organizations in our community that can offer that diverse understanding of spirituality. One of them is the McKinley, I think it's the McKinley, McKinley. United Methodist Church. Uh, is McKinley um, the Presbyterian? No, McKinley Presbyterian. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. McKinley Presbyterian. I love the pastor there. I love the people there. I think that's a great organization for people to connect to. There are many others. I attend the Vineyard Church. Here's what I would tell people that are trying to find themselves in a place where they can align to their understanding of of, of spirituality, of, of religion, is don't go into a organization thinking that you're going to agree with everything. There will be areas where you will disagree. Don't allow those disagreements to disengage you from Christian community. I think that we are all meant to engage with each other and be diverse in understanding faith. I don't think each organization has the absolute truth. And I think if you go into these organizations with that mentality, you won't end up leaving hurt. That takes time to process, okay? Because I admit, we all want to be in community where we can align ourselves 100% with everything there. But the truth is, honestly, I don't think that exists wherever you go. So remove those expectations that you're going to agree with everything. Because when you walk in with those expectations, I think that you're setting yourself up to, to be hurt and to be let down and go in with this expectation we will disagree. Mm. But community is so important. Engage with that community. Whatever that community is, whether it's in the Christian circle, the universalist circle, the Muslim circle, engage in the community. Find a place where you feel like you can belong and stick to that community and grow with that community, even when you disagree. Yeah, that's great advice. And and there's really just no one size fits all. And right. at the end of the day, a church is an institution. And yes. you do need to connect with the people in the institution, and how those people are going through the very human process of trying to live out their values. Yes. Um, and they they may not get it right. And that's also what community is for, too, is to learn and make mistakes and 
and hopefully learn from those mistakes and also learn how to recover and mm -hmm. renew relationships when they have been damaged. Yeah. Um, and looking at that there's lots of wonderful churches in our area that have many, many different takes on mm -hmm. a faith tradition. One of the things that Soul Care offers is a non-denominational inclusive space for all people, regardless of their belief system, their background, their identity, to just explore spirituality, self-care, spiritual wellness, and really connect with their authentic selves and the divine in whatever way they choose to call that divine. And so I'm, I'm just really we're another community that people can be a part of and learn from that's not there to replace a church. Uh, yeah, we don't have, you know, that. weekly worship. We don't have some of the things that are happening in a church community, but we're a place of learning and discovery and transformation and, and community. So um, I would also encourage people to check out soul care. Yeah. So you have a weekly Facebook Live. It's mostly from your living room where you share real life, real issues, and real God. You also talked a little bit about Bridge of Hope. So tell tell me how people can connect with you e either through th those ways or other ways. Sure. I am pretty active on social media. So you can, my page is public. Um, so I uh, predominantly do live video podcast on Facebook where either I myself will talk through a series of discussions and or do a series inviting guests to talk about specific topics such as coming out stories, spirituality, political issues, relationships, sex, <laughs> addiction, all the things you shouldn't talk about at the kitchen table, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, it really is. It's it's real life, real issues, talking about a real God. And um, I, I value authenticity. I think vulnerability uh, helps us learn and engage with each other. And so these conversations sometimes can be extremely vulnerable. Sometimes we cry so hard we can't even get through uh, the discussion because we're experiencing pain in that moment and I value those moments. And so uh, people can can either go and watch these videos on my social media page on Facebook and, and or if you want to be a part, you know, I mean, Kelly, I'd love to invite you to have a discussion with me on spirituality sometime, just talking about, you know, your journey and how you connect to the divine. You know, awesome. and so that's what I do. Um, I also do uh, worship experiences to where I'll get on the piano and I'll just sing for about 30 minutes and I'll then pray for people uh, and encourage people through whatever they might be facing. So, yeah, please go check me out. Bridge of Hope. Um, I know you talk about Bridge of Hope. I was wanting to launch Bridge of Hope. Like I said, I have three. Bridge of Hope it was launched in South Texas um, and it now it was launched in Corpus Christi. It's now in Corpus, San Antonio, and Austin, Texas. And I wanted to launch Bridge of Hope here. Again, it's an inclusive organization that's progressive in spirituality and faith. We 
we want anyone and everyone to belong. So it's creating a safe place for people to come and connect to spirituality and experience real life authenticity and vulnerability together and grow in community. So I'm wanting, I'm wanting to launch that. We were trying to do that in 2020, but obviously COVID. <laughs> COVID, yeah. So yeah. we'll see what 21 looks like, but I'm really trying to push to to launch that this year. And Daniel has an amazing singing voice. So just go oh, to hear him do some playing the piano and singing uh, is worth worth taking, taking a listen. Um. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to wrap up, you know, I'm a I'm a voracious reader. I love sharing books and resources and and spiritual practices. So what's your favorite or most meaningful spiritual practice or spiritual resource right now? One, I will tell you, I just, every year I read a book called The Shack. I don't know if anyone has ever read the book or seen the movie. I strongly encourage it. It really um, gives you a fiction of who God is and how God is love. And I really try to reflect on that book every year because I want to, I, I want a visual, I want the image of how God responds to pain and hurt and discomfort and how he is very present in our pain and how I process um, my spirituality. This is a term that a lot of, pardon me for saying this, charismatics use, Um, but it's what some might call as meditation. I call as soaking. So I spend time every single day. I have a chair in my room and I have this pad that plays and I sit back and journal. And then I allow a voice to speak to me and I respond to questions that I have that I believe is God's responding to my questions. And I just soak and I meditate and decompress from my day's experience or before my day's experience and try to reflect on how I can love strong that day, how I can be kind to people that day, and how I can extend grace uh, consciously and willingly to people that I encounter. And that is a daily routine. I don't go a day without soaking at least 15 to 30 minutes a day. That's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful practice. And if you've not read The Shack or seen the movie and you are interested in moving into a divine feminine perspective and maybe starting to call God she a little bit, that would that's a really great place to start to maybe give you a more feminine image of God instead of an old man, an old white man with a beard. Uh, This is a little bit of a different image of God that maybe (laughs) people can relate to. Yeah. There's that one part of the movie where Mac says to Papa, I always pictured you to be an old man with a white beard and Papa responds, which is God. She says, that's Santa Claus. <laughs> You're so, describing Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so spoiler alert, uh, in the in the movie, God is a an old black woman, which is amazing. So it is. <laughs> named Papa. It is. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, so thank you, Daniel, for this just lovely conversation. And I appreciate your openness to discuss what's on your heart and your willingness to be open and vulnerable. I encourage all my listeners to go check out some of his Facebook lives. And if you're struggling with any of the things that he talked about, he's just such a great person to talk to. So thank you. And it was just such a pleasure. Absolutely, Kelly. Thank you so much. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Everything is Spiritual and taking time to nourish your soul. Tune in each week for a little community and a lot of conversation. Or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. For more resources around spiritual exploration, restoration, and transformation, be sure to sign up on our mailing list at experiencesoulcare.com. Visit our website for information on retreats, workshops, and services from our partners. Or better yet, come visit our welcoming space in Urbana to say hi and get a steaming cup of tea. Soul Care Urban Retreat Center is a warm, welcoming, and accessible place for you to refresh, renew, and restore your mind, body, heart, and soul. We set a great big table and everyone is welcome. Until next week, be well.